0: Our sponsor today is Green Ronin Publishing. Green Ronin is a Seattle-based company dedicated to the art of great role-playing games. Since the year 2000, Green Ronin has established a reputation for quality and innovation that is second to none. If you're looking for exciting fantasy, look no further than Fantasy Age, where your heroic stunting can create the difference between a cinematic battle and a mundane encounter. Have a need to strap on a cape and fight the forces of evil? They do mutants and masterminds. Also available, the Expanse role-playing game, based upon the Hitbook series. Green Ronin Publishing creates role-playing games, card games, and fiction. For the very best in role-playing games, and to forge your own path, choose Green Ronin Publishing and become your own master. Find them at greenronin.com. On all social media at Green Ronin Pub and wherever role playing games are sold. And now be sure to log in to greenroninstore.com. Using our affiliation code of GKHero, you can save 5% off your total purchase of over 100 fantastic items, including role playing games, card games, fiction, and much, much more. At GreenRoninStore.com, use our affiliation code GKHero to start your journey today. Brought to you by the power of the internet and fueled by imagination, this is Game Night Heroes. dice and tell stories the deeds of heroes await and legends dare to be heard this is game night heroes hello and welcome back to the game night heroes we are the game night heroes and you can be too we are five great friends playing tabletop role-playing games what we do each episode is we tell a collaborative story and the outcome of that story is determined by dice rolling. Before we begin our jaunt back into the seedy pirate town known as Freeport, i have to have my fellow players introduce themselves and get themselves known. Go ahead, guys.
1: Hey, everybody. It's Rob. I'm going to be playing Victor today. Glad to have you guys all here listening.
0: Oh, yeah.
2: And I'm Colleen. I play Iridanza. Mm-hmm.
3: I'm Aaron, and I play Iridanza as well, so <laughs> it'll be a good little thing if you can tell which one of us is playing her at a time. I've been told it's very difficult, but
2: definitely we get mixed up all the time.
0: It's very true. their voices sound so similar, as I'm sure you could tell.
3: We also look
0: alike, so Oh, we're really like the
2: same height too yeah.
0: yes, very much, very much the same height
4: and uh I'm Brittany, and I'm playing Nisha. <laughs>
0: Yes, you are. So Aaron, who are you really playing? Okay. I am
3: playing Arden.
0: That's right. And that's all I want to know about that. So <laughs> I, of course, am Kevin. <laughs> I am the host and the dungeon master of the Game Night Heroes. And because I'm the Dungeon Master, that means that I get to play as everyone and everything else. So let us dive back into Freeport, the city of Adventure. <laughs>
4: Previously on Game Night Heroes.
0: After being hired to discover what sort of strange happenings were transpiring in regards to a theft from one of the members of the Temple of Knowledge, our heroes have learned that their friend Angel and his companion Lucius have been captured by the villainous Brotherhood of the Unspeakable One. Our heroes seek them out as well as a special artifact companion piece needed by Iridanza to save her people from the serpents. All clues have led them to the Arkham shipping lanes, and they are in the process of developing a plan to assault the warehouse and locate the item necessary. Our tale now resumes. In the back room of Falthar's Curios. Our scene finds us with five unique individuals, in a semicircular pattern, positioned around the room. Their discussions have been long and arduous, but the information that Falthar gave them in regards to their enemy, the Serpent People, or Velocins, as he told them they were called, may turn the tide in the battle to come. But now that that business is concluded, and Falthar has taken his leave, their attentions draw to a different plan, indeed. If our heroes are to assault the Arkham shipping lanes, they will need a thief of great renown and great skill. Passler Arcadios, a skilled veteran of the grift trade, leans comfortably on the table in the room. He crosses his arms in front of his big barrel chest and a large wolfish smile crosses his features. So, I heard you need something stolen. Yes, we do. Well, that just happens to be my speciality. Nisha may not have told you exactly what it is I do here within the city, but I can tell you that I am a guilds master, I believe would be the best term. He holds out one of his palms, and you see that tattooed on the inside is a symbol. It is a very thin triangle, bisected by three lines across it. This is the symbol of my guild, a thieving guild within the city here. Although we are typically from the continent, we have had joint interests with Nisha. She has been seeking someone who needs to have a reckoning. But my true skill is in thievery. What sort of plan do you have?
1: Uh, Nisha goes in cloak of darkness, finds chest,
3: and gets it. I go to the guards and tell them that I lost my dad and they help me. Oh god, not that one again. We're
2: not doing that today.
3: You don't think that'll work?
2: Has it ever worked? No.
1: Last time we ended up in jail. Do you know the
0: location of the
1: item that you seek? It is in the Arkham Shipping Lanes, most likely
0: in the lowest level. Interesting. This would prove to be very beneficial, then. I was scoping out the place to find another item that was located in the same area. It could seem that perhaps our two goals are joined. Hmm. I don't believe in coincidence, but I think I'll make an exception this time. (laughs) If we are to sneak within, Are the four of you skilled in such an endeavor? Or do we need to rely on other talents?
1: I can be sometimes.
2: Sneaking's not a
0: problem. What about you, little one? I'm sure you have no trouble sneaking wherever you need to sneak.
3: Nope, I'm just really bad at it.
0: He laughs, and it's a large booming laugh that fills the whole room. It's a mixture of intimidating and very jovial. It makes all of you want to be in a good mood all of a sudden. This guy, although he looks very intense and has a bit of a swagger about him, he's giving off very deep, very paternal vibes. What exactly is it that all of you are good at? Perhaps we can determine a plan by knowing that. What about you, Lady of the Sea? He nods to you.
2: Sneaking, shooting, stabbing.
0: I trust that spear upon your back is put to good use as well.
2: Absolutely.
0: He gets a wolfish grin on his face. What about you, Master Swordsman? What is it that you are good at besides wielding that blade? I wield mystical magics.
1: I make a minor illusion in my hand.
0: My sources told me that you were the only spellcaster amongst the group, little one. He turns to you, Arden. But it appears that I need to raise
3: our awareness. I mean, I just do it the most often. I'm not even the best at it, though.
1: Yeah, I was kind of forced to learn magic in my
0: childhood. Really? That seems to be a rather interesting tale, perhaps one that we could go into at a later time. Yeah, that would be probably best. He gives you a look, Victor, like maybe he just figured out something about you. But he doesn't pause on it for long. Might I suggest that perhaps if we are to enter within using stealth, as you mentioned, if need be, perhaps your flashy magic can cause credit distraction.
1: Yeah, my magic's not really best for stealth. Uh, probably shock and awe is the
0: best that it's for. <laughs> you no doubtedly have dealt with Rikert Lloyd, he says the name with disgust. So you are well aware that Verlaine has a very plentiful guard. You will be very unenthused to know that in my initial reconnaissance of the Arkham shipping lanes, that I found it to be rather guarded indeed. It would seem that he is getting ready to do something, and he has doubled his guard. I counted at least four dozen amongst the building for the two days I watched it. Are you prepared to deal with that many interlopers up to your plans? Mm, That's quite
1: a bit. We might need a way to pull some of them out of there.
4: A diversion, you mean?
1: Yep. I'm all ears. Let's see. We've got four people that are good at sneaking. I think we're going to need you, Mr. Passilar, and Nisha to be on the inside of the shipping lanes getting to the vault. And then I think maybe me, Iridanza, and Arden can handle with a distraction outside to pull guards to come out. And then maybe we can hide and try to avoid combat at all costs.
3: This could work.
1: I think we could use Nisha's talents to establish communication between all of us. And when things are clear, then maybe the three of us can sneak back into the shipping lanes
0: past the guards. This seems sound. Lady Iridanza. I would believe that, if I'm not mistaken, there is an underwater entrance into the shipping lanes, an area where they sometimes have the boats enter in. Could perhaps you use your racial abilities to enter in there?
2: Absolutely.
0: Is it true that your people can breathe underwater?
2: Spent most of my life under the water.
0: Interesting. I like your plan. Victor, I believe the Night Wolf and I will enter within first. We can use our stealth to our advantage. We make our way down towards the vaults. What we can do then is, if need be, have a distraction created by you more, as you put it, flashier types. If there's anything that I'm missing, I'd like to know it now.
1: Well, I think that covers it. The only hitch in our plan could be, and I start staring at Arden,
0: that one over there. Passlor turns to you, Arden, and then he says to you, Victor, On the contrary, I think he might be the most important part of the cog.
1: Uh, I'll bet you five gold pieces.
0: <laughs> he looks at you, and then he looks at Nisha and he gets that wolfish grin again. Your friends don't know not to make bets with me, do they? No. Well, this concludes our business for the time being. Might I suggest that we all take a short rest? If I may, Nisha, a word before we begin? Of course. And he turns and he crosses out of the room. He holds the door for you to join him.
4: Why, thank you.
0: He gives a nod to the rest of you and he turns and he shuts the door. Nisha, you and the bear step outside. And when you do so, he takes a moment. He looks up to the night sky, he takes a deep breath. And he says, is your mind clear?
4: As clear as it can be these days.
0: I have found out something else about Gavin. Something I think that you might need to know. What is it? I have found out that he has been working with another individual. Someone who came to Freeport very suddenly, just a few days ago. Someone who I believe might factor into something bigger. Her name, I have learned, is Ental. I know that she is a rather elegantly dressed half-elf, I would guess, by the look of her. Her hair is very fancifully braided, and she looks like she perhaps can control the dark arts. I have seen her talking with him on several occasions, including a time that they went to, based upon the stories I have heard from Amos... A bricked-up building that you and your friends once liberated a librarian from? Yes. I believe whatever that cult that you stopped was doing may still be in effect.
4: Yeah, we're getting that feeling, too. We had a run-in with them at the lighthouse, actually, and I uh, had a very detrimental encounter.
0: Do you need to talk about it?
4: There's not really much to talk about. I almost died, but Victor saved me, thankfully. But I did run into, I think, that old god, the unspeakable one that they worship. Really? It was not a pleasant experience.
0: Your friend in there, he mentioned your specific skills. Well, I remember shortly after your father was taken from us that you had an episode and strange magics showed themselves at that time and you were controlling them. Have you perhaps found a use for them and controlled them in a different manner now?
4: Yes, actually. I have uh, gotten a feel for them and able to do a few extra things that are quite handy every now and then. So what he's referring to is I can telepathically communicate with a couple of people at a time, if I so choose.
0: A great gift indeed. Be careful, gifts that you are given that are strange. They sometimes require something to be given in return.
4: I'll keep that in mind. Thank you.
0: There's a pause, like almost he wants to say something else, but he doesn't.
4: Should we go back in and rest for a bit?
0: Of course. He opens the door to Falthar's Curios, and you enter within. With the plan firmly in place, the four heroes, with their new companion, Passalor the Bear, begin to take the steps necessary to assault the Arkham Shipping Lanes and find out the information there.
1: As Passalor and Isha go to head off, I'm going to motion to Iridanza, like, hey, come over here real quick.
2: I walk over to him as he motions to me.
1: So, I have a little bit of an extra idea here. It's a little crazy, but I'm going to need your help. You can still do water infiltration after my plan works.
2: What in the deep blue do you have planned for us?
1: Oh, it's going to be awesome.
0: Victor, you belay your plans to your allies, and you watch as their faces spread in the realization of just how dangerous a decision could make this entire operation. You know that it is a gamble, but you live for the chase. Besides, it might just be crazy enough to work. A short time later, the Arkham shipping lanes, even at this time of night, is busy with action. It would seem that Passlor's information about Verlaine having something big that he was planning for is quite accurate. Ever vigilant are the city guardsmen with their deep brown tunics. These ones, however, all with the yellow V superimposed over a circle upon a band on their left arm. Verlaine's personal guard. They watch over the front, making sure that no shenanigans are in place. If we could, Nisha, if I could have you and I'll roll for Passalor, if you guys could please make stealth checks for me.
4: I'm going to use my side act to so a
0: 15. 15. Passalor rolls as well? Okay. And as two lone figures, mere silhouettes, move across the shadows of the night, Berlane's personal guards are unaware of Nisha, the night wolf, and Passelor Arcadios, the bear, as they make their way closer to their chosen den of activity. Their two figures move in amongst the crates and the barrels outside of the docks, moving closer to the building front itself. They've done this sort of thing before, and their practice movements hide them in shadow better than the actual animals they are named after. As the two of you approach the front of the Arkham Shipping Lanes, Nisha, you and Passlor dive into a small side corridor. You can see that there is a large, very fancifully painted ship, and it is a perfect place for you to stop for a moment and to take stock of everything within. I will take a
4: look around.
0: Go ahead and make a perception check for me, please. I will give you advantage because Passlor is assisting you. Well,
4: I definitely need it. 21!
0: All right. Nisha, you take a quick look around, and your elven keen senses see that on the inside of the shipping warehouse, there is a great many crates and barrels that are all stationed around in different areas. Things that are ready to ship out on these ships that they are currently loading up. But as you continue to look around, you can see that there is a figure that walks across a suspended catwalk. A... Wide-shouldered, athletically built tiefling with maroon skin, who, ever vigilant, is pacing back and forth in front of a doorway that leads to what appears to be a shipping office on the upper level of the building.
4: I take it that would be Rikert Lloyd, huh?
0: Right. You point him out to Passalor, and he gives you a nod as if he understands that that man is dangerous. And the two of you await for the distraction that will give you a better insight as to the time to properly sneak down to the vaults below.
4: So I will really quick just ping Iridans and Victor and let them know through the psychic whispers that Paslor and I are in place and ready to go.
1: Oh, that was faster than I was expecting. Oh boy. Okay,
0: we'll be there. Nisha, as you and Passelor wait, you see that there is a window of opportunity that would be perfect for the two of you to enter within. And yet the distraction does not come. There is a long, almost torturous moment that you know that the two of you would have been able to sneak in very effectively and efficiently, yet the distraction still does not come.
2: Oh,
4: Victor! Where are you? Come on!
0: If you look
1: behind you, you should probably see us coming up. I figured if I told you, you might not like it.
4: Oh boy. He's gonna get us all killed.
1: I really hope this
0: building has insurance. Arden, ramming speed! Nisha, as you begin to have a moment of understanding as to what they might be doing, you watch as Passalor's face gets a look on it that you have never seen before. One of fear, surprise, and complete and total pride all rolled into one. He actually looks dumbstruck for a moment as he looks at the sight behind you. You whip your head around to see what distraction your allies came up with, what sort of manner of magical capabilities that they might have cured to make sure that your entrance was going to be secured. You imagine anything from large magical serpents that perhaps might scare the guards, to the water itself being bent and controlled, to even fireworks being shot off. But what you did not expect was the nearly 50 feet wide, 100 foot long, crudely built orc ship known as the Bloody Vengeance to come full speed ramming into the Arkham shipping lanes. You hear as several of the guardsmen around you scream and yell in terror as they jump off of the catwalk or out of the way futilely, in most cases, of the Bloody Vengeance as it reaves a massive trench out of the dock itself, tearing through cobblestone Through Dockwood, slamming into the side of the building and slicing it nearly in half, a large portion of the ship snaps, drives up through the ceiling, and smashes a hole through it. You see, the only individual who is not affected by this large, massive scene of destruction is the lone figure pacing the catwalk, Riker Lloyd, who draws his saber and moves towards that doorway. You can just hear him yell out within. We need to get out of here, sir. We're under attack. And with that, you see that Verlaine, his large corpulent form, emerges out of the office, takes a quick look about the Arkham shipping lanes at the massive destruction caused by the anchor's reed's virgin sail. The man balks and turns, being led by Riker Lloyd out of the area. If you could, make another perception check for me, please, Nisha. Normal this time, because Passelor is completely dumbstruck by this. He's not actually really looking around right now, either. (laughs)
4: I'm going to add my knack to it. So a 13.
0: Okay. You see a single figure has emerged out of the office as well. A tall statuesque woman with long black hair pulled up in several intricate braids to the back of her head. She stands there coolly watching the damage and destruction caused by the bloody vengeance before she turns and walks the opposite direction from Verlaine and Riker Lloyd seemingly making her way further into the Arkham shipping lanes, as if she has a destination all her own.
4: Hmm. I wonder what she's up to.
0: On the deck of the Bloody Vengeance, Victor, you barely manage to hold on to the steering wheel, as the entire front of the Bloody Vengeance is shattered, broken, and rent asunder as it gets smashed and pulverized by sections of the Arkham shipping lanes. The different crates, barrels, and ship parts smash across it like toys that children would have at play. Arden, standing next to him, how are you feeling right now? Uh, throwing up. Okay. (laughs) Iridanza, you use the momentum and the distraction to run across the front of the ship, jump up off of the railing, and as that section of the railing splinters as it slams into one of the walls of the Arkham shipping lanes, you dive up and then curve with the practiced motion of a diver and cutting through the water. As you enter the water immediately, the gills on the side of your neck magically open, allowing you to breathe. What do you do?
2: Swim hard and fast to that opening.
0: All right. If you could, go ahead and make an athletics test for me.
2: That is a 19.
0: Iridanza, you use the backflow of the water being caused by the destruction, and you swim further into the Arkham shipping lanes. As you do so, you can see the bodies of several guardsmen and workers falling into the water around you some of them struggling to get back to the surface others of them drifting down into the black abyss below as they will not be rising to the surface again you continue to swim onward and you see the area that paslore must have been talking about an area where the water comes in to a lower level and you can see that the lower level has a what would appear to be a docking area and there is a doorway to the back of it you see that the door opens and a tall statuesque woman with the braided hair that I previously mentioned to Nisha, steps through the door, and as she does so, you see two forms behind the door move to flank her on either side as she begins to walk down a hallway. Both of these figures, you notice, bear the telltale sign of serpent people. Oh, great. Uh-oh. What's everybody doing?
1: Well, it's such a shame this would happen to such a beautiful ship. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure Scarbelly's never going to forgive me for that. It did a great job, didn't it, Arden? I
3: tap him on the back. I'm pretty sure Scarbelly's ship was always ugly looking. It's just uglier, especially now that it's got my breakfast on it. Oh, and dinner from last night. There's still corn over there.
1: All right, let's go Uh, get off the ship and make our way down.
0: Victor and Arden, you begin to make your way off of the ship making your way conveniently to a catwalk that is near where the back of the ship has landed. You begin making your way down and two guardsmen step out of the rubble and begin making their way towards you.
1: Oh man. It's like I planned
0: it. (laughs) The two guardsmen approach. One of them has a cutlass. The other one has a club of some sort. The one with the saber rushes towards you, Victor, and he swings it at you. You draw your long sword in defense and you meet his blade. There's a ringing of steel upon steel as you drive his blade out of the way. And what do you do?
1: I guess you guys don't appreciate my parking job. I'll tack him back.
0: Alright, roll it. A 24. Oh yes, go ahead and roll the damage please. Max damage of 12. Wow. As you drive his sword out of the way, you use the momentum, spin in a circle, pulling your long sword across him, and it Cleaves him down from one shoulder down to the waist on the other side. He spins, quite dead, down to the water below, slamming off of the railing of the bloody vengeance in the process. Arden, the man with the club, swings it down at your head, double-fisted, straight down towards you, almost like one would swing an axe as they're trying to chop through wood. Does a 12 hit you? It is a match hit, but
3: not if I cast shield. Okay.
0: As the club is about to make contact with your shoulder, you put both of your hands up and you gesture and gesticulate with your fingers and you pull them apart. And there is a large flash of reddish energy that almost like a smoke bomb gets dropped in front of you. The club slams into the front of it and reverberates back. The man looks quite surprised. He's not seen anything quite like that before. And as the smoke dissipates, what would you like to do? You know what?
3: Let's let's spruce this up. I'll do a chill touch. Boop does a nineteen hit. It certainly does. All right. Well, there we go. Takes a big old one
0: point of necrotic damage. You take the man's surprise for granted, and you gesture, and you bring your hands up into a clutched fist position. A large skeletal hand emerges out of the bottom of the catwalk rakes up across his knees, and drags down the front of his shins. He jumps, and with a little bit of a yelp, stumbles back out of the way. Victor, what do you do?
1: I'm going to follow up with an attack on that. Okay. Does a 12 hit? A 12 does. Awesome.
0: So he's going to take
1: 9 points of slashing damage.
0: Victor, as the man stumbles backwards, you take your longsword, and you spin it, and you slice up through his chest. He gives you a wide-eyed look as he then falls to a heap right in front of Arden. And the two of you continue to make your way down. At that moment, Paslor looks to you, Nisha. He seems to have snapped out of his surprise state. That's quite a distraction, I'll give him that.
4: You can say that again. (laughs)
0: Let's go. And the two of you make your way towards where the lower entry level is for the vault. Are you guys doing so stealthily, or are you guys just making haste at this point?
4: Are there a lot of people around still, or is everybody
0: distracted? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you look around, and around you is basically just a bedlam of activity. You can see that anyone who is not prone or crunched or dead is very surprised, confused, and shocked. They are running around like they are just unaware of what to do next. You can see they're yelling to one another, calling out things such as, Help John over there! Or, Give me that thing! or other different calls to try to get some sort of order reestablished, but they are definitely losing that battle. All
4: right. We'll just go with the flow of it, since it's all frantic and chaotic and everything. We'll just make haste.
0: All right. The two of you then continue down a side passageway that is below, and you go in an opposite direction of a door that you notice that closes. And as the door closes, you notice that there is water nearby that Iridanza emerges up out of, and she starts making her way towards that doorway.
4: Oh, I'll use my sigh whispers to be like, Iridanza,
2: wait up.
0: We'll head towards that door that she's going at.
2: I turn back and notice them. What do you do? I nod towards them and I get ready to open the door.
0: You go up to the door and you open it and it is revealed to a back hallway that you can see goes down 30 feet before it veers off to the right.
2: Once they catch up, I'm ready to go down that hall.
0: Iridanza, you lead the way down the hallway. Nisha and Passlord, you step in behind her and make haste, and the three of you come up to that small fork. Iridanza, you are in the lead, so what would you like to do?
2: I want to keep a vigilant eye out in front of me, but quickly make my way down the hall. Spear drawn.
0: Okay. Your spear spins into your hand as you get up to the L section of the hallway. And you glance for a moment around the corner, and you can see that another 10 feet beyond the L, the hallway splits into a T. Immediately on the left, there is another doorway, and to the right, it looks like there is a set of stairs that leads down. You begin to creep forward. If you could, please make a stealth test for me.
2: Absolutely. Natural 20!
0: Yeah! What's the total on that? 25. Excellent. I love it. So, Iridanza, silently, you turn down the hall and make your way down to the end of the T-section. Let's go to the stairs. All right. Iridanza, you begin to make your way towards the stairs. Nisha, you and Passalor behind her, if you both could make stealth tests, please.
4: Yes, sir.
0: 20. Passalor got a 22. Wow, this is a sneaky party right now. I love it. Woohoo! The two of you come up behind Iridanza at the T-section and the three of you begin to make your way towards the stairs. And Nisha, you hear behind you from the other side of that door a muffled cry.
4: Hey, did you guys hear that? No, keep going. Sounds like there might be a prisoner. I go over to the
0: doorway. Iridanza continues down the stairs. Passelor stops for a moment, and he looks at you, Nisha, and he says, do you have this? Yes. He takes a moment, then he nods to you and turns and follows Iridanza. Nisha, you move up to the door. If you could, make a perception test, please.
4: Uh, 23.
0: On the other side of the door, you can hear muffled speaking. It sounds like there is a woman's voice saying something in a language you can't quite make out what exactly she's saying. Either it's somehow muffled or she's speaking in a language you don't understand. And then you hear a whip type sound Whoosh! and uh, someone cry out in pain.
4: Oh boy. I'm going to see if I can quietly open that door so I can be sneaky and stealthy and hopefully she won't notice my presence.
0: Okay. You check the door very quickly. If you could make a perception test again. Ten. <laughs> The door does not seem to be trapped. It seems to be a regular wooden door that you would find in any building or house in the city of Freeport. does not appear to be trapped at all.
4: Okay.
0: It does appear to be locked, however.
4: I will use my thieves' tools and unlock it.
0: All right. Go ahead and make a dexterity test, please, using your proficiency bonus.
4: Well, natural 20. Total is 27.
0: Fantastic. So, you... In very short order, unlock the door. And as you do so, the language continues from the other side. You hear another whipping sound. And then you hear, and then you hear another voice, a voice that you recognize. Say, no, stop. Please don't do this anymore. Please stop. It's the voice of Egel. Victor, you and Arden make your way across the main floor.
1: In my head, I'm calling out to Nisha. Where are you guys at? I'm coming down to hell. I think the
0: guards are busy. As you say that, another guardsman closes the gap between a side doorway and yourself. He comes forward. His long sword swipes at your head. You put your shield up to deflect the blow. I retaliate. Right, go and roller attack. 13. 13 hits him exactly. As you deflect the sword away with your shield, it opens up his stance quite readily, and you take your long sword and drive it halfway up the blade through the center of his chest, and when you rip it free, he stumbles down to the ground. Arden, you look around, and you can see that, again, more chaos is ensuing, but what would you do?
3: He just killed that guy, right? Yes. Okay, I'm just gonna jump past him and keep on running.
0: As you do so, you see that there is a shadowed area in front of you, and there's a blur of motion as something emerges out of the shadow. It begins to close the gap between the shadows and yourself. A large form, a nearly seven-foot-tall serpent person, comes hissing at you. With a spear in hand, he stabs out towards your face. Does a 15 hit you? Ooh, yeah, that hits. we? He stabs you in the cheek and slices up towards your ear. And a stinging pain rings through the side of your face. You take six points of slashing damage. Ah. If you could, Arden, make a Constitution saving throw. Uh oh, I rolled an eleven. All right. You feel that the slice on your face burns almost like red-hot fire coursing through your face. It hurts really bad, but you shrug off whatever effects it might be causing. What do you want to do on your turn?
3: Uh, I'm gonna thunder wave it okay dc 14
0: constitution save all right he gets a 15 trapped so as the pain sears through your face you gesture and you take one of your hands and you put it out in front of you and it touches onto the serpent person's leg and you release the spell there is a wave of energy that flies out from in front of you and you do see that it buffets across the front of his form slightly. He manages to hold his ground and dig his feet in, and he does not get blasted back. But you do see that it did damage him a little bit. Not as strongly as Victor's Thunderwave, but it's a start. If you could, make a wild magic check. It's a one. Oh, it's a one. My goodness. <laughs> Arden, with a natural one on a d20 roll for your wild magic check, a wild magic surge effect does happen. So if you could roll a 1d100 for me. 93. All right. Arden, as you release the magic and the thunder wave buffets across the front of the Serpent Person's form, you feel the inside of your body begin to feel quite uneasy. You almost feel nauseous for a moment. There is a twisting and a popping and a retching feeling across your stomach, almost as if you have really bad indigestion. But Victor, you watch in amazement as Arden begins to stretch and twist and become as tall as you. This three-foot-tall halfling now stands six feet tall. Arden, you have doubled in size. Oh, my gosh. Arden, you notice strange serpent scales across different sections of your joints, around your hands, your knuckles, your elbows, your shoulders, your knees where those sections of you pop out through your clothing. Oh my gosh.
3: I'm a serpent person.
0: I was the snake person all along. Victor, you see that a serpent person has emerged from the shadows and is closed and is fighting Arden. And you can see that Arden now has a large gash on the side of his face. I
1: retaliate. Nobody picks on Arden, except for Iridon, Anisha, and me. First, on my way over, I'm going to cast Healing Word to heal Arden a bit. Okay. So he heals, max. Eight points. Nice. And then as I attack, I Blade Flourish. Roll to see if you hit. All right, so 18 to hit.
0: That will definitely hit.
1: All right, perfect. And I'm going to use the... Defensive flourish. So it's gonna deal extra damage. And then I'll add that to my AC after. It takes thirteen points of damage total. Okay. And then plus one to my AC.
0: Victor, as you move forward, you move past Arden's enlarged form. And you take your blade and you swing it in a wide arc, a figure eight in the air, made with a grand flourish as you do a new set of foot movements reserved for skilled swordsmen. You slice across the serpent person's arm, and there's a deep gash that emerges, almost severing it just below the shoulder blade. In the process of doing so, you put yourself into a better fighting stance to where you are able to be more greatly defended. Down below, Iridanza. You pass down a flight of stairs to where you come out to another hallway below. You see that there are two guardsmen dressed in this regalia that shows them as Verlaine's personal guard. And they appear to be guarding a door at the end of the hall here. A metal door that seems to have a very heavy lock upon the front of it. It would seem you have found the vault. But you'll have to get through the guards first.
2: Go for the one on the right.
0: All right. Let's have you and Passlor make a stealth test, please.
2: That is a 17.
0: 17. And he's got a 21. So this large man, who you would not expect to be very stealthy at all because of his large, bulky form, is moving quite skilled and quite adeptly from shadow to shadow. He's moving as a man who would easily be half of his size. You move down next to him at the end of the hall. You see the two guardsmen do not have the approach of the two of you. You see that Passelor looks to you, and he gives you a slow nod as he then begins to move in towards the one guard on the left. What do you do?
2: Yeah, I don't like Verlaine, so I must not be able to trust this guy. I'm just going to go for it. I'm going to attack with the spear that I have in my hand. All right. Say 24 to hit.
0: Okay. Go and roll the damage, please.
2: That is 6 damage.
0: Iridanza, you move behind the man on the right and you take the spear and you drive it into his lower back. He jerks forward and stumbles as you twist it and wrench it free. The man on the left turns to begin to help his friend when suddenly a large, meaty hand closes on the back of his neck, circles up around to underneath his arm and elbow slams down into his shoulder. And there's a sickening pop as the man's shoulder is clearly dislocated out of place. He drops his sword on the ground. Then Passler uses the movement to step forward and drive a knee into the man's back while pulling him backwards. Again, there's a sickening pop, and then the man collapses as Passler drops him to the ground. Gross. Passler then looks to you and looks to the man that you're fighting and almost gives you a look that seems to say, finish him. And then he turns and he steps a boot down on the chest of the man that he took down and a dagger appears from somewhere within his clothing and silences the man. What do you do?
2: Fifteen to hit. Absolutely. And that is seven points of damage.
0: Okay. You take your spear and you drive it down into the chest of the other guard, and they both are finished. You look up, and the two of you see the vault door ahead of you, just five feet. Above, Nisha at the door you finish unlocking it, and you hear Victor's voice in your head.
4: I'll tell him that I heard Egil's voice, and I think Lucius might be with him, and they're being held prisoner by this woman with a long braid. And then I want to attack
0: her. All right. You push open the door. You see that it is a room that could best be described as a chamber. It is devoid of any windows or any sort of decoration. It is simply a brick room, 20 feet by 20 feet. The only decoration is a table of sorts that is across the room. It has a familiar man strapped to it. Lucius, you haven't spent much time with, but you are aware of what he looks like. And his dark hair is matted to the side of his face from sweat and blood. You see that he is strapped chest down onto this strange table, a rack you would know it to be now as another figure is whipping him quite heavily. His back is crisscrossed with a bloody array of slashes and gouges from the cat of that is even now being dragged up by an individual ready to strike him again. Nearby, you see the exhausted form of Egil, his scholarly robes of the Temple of Knowledge torn in several places. He has a quite blackened and puffed-up eye. He looks rather disheveled as well. And you do see that in the room, there are two men and the woman who is standing off to the side watching the two men torture Lucius. You can tell from the sound of that strange language that suddenly cuts off that it was her speaking it. She stops and she slowly turns to regard you as the door opens. And she says, well, I was hoping I'd have some fun. And you watch as her human, perhaps half-elven features, sloughing off to reveal her Ophidian head beneath. This woman clearly is one of the serpent folk, and she is ready to face you in her true form. What do you do?
4: I'm going to try to stab the bitch with my psychic blade.
0: All right. Roll to hit.
4: Okay. So 15 to hit.
0: Okay. A 15 will hit her.
4: So would this get sneak attack or no?
0: You know what? I would say yeah. Go ahead.
4: And then 19 total damage. Oof. And then I'll do my other psychic blade.
0: All right. Which
4: that's a 26 to hit.
0: Oh boy. I will say this second one does not get the sneak attack damage.
4: So 8 damage for that.
0: Oh my goodness. So that's 27 points nisha you've seen worse than her <laughs> yeah <laughs> you focus your mind and you bring up the frustration of having recently having dealt with the servant people as well as that strange creature on the island of tawik and you know that you are not helpless now you draw forth the energies and a bright vibrant pink blade emerges into your right hand and you fling it through the air it surges forward and slams into her chest staggering her back a couple of feet. You then take your other hand, and continuing the focus, continuing the fury, you draw forth another blade and throw it as well. It sinks in mere inches away from the other one in her stomach, driving her back and doubling her over. She throws her hands out to the side, and she hisses at you. As the two men, one holding the whip, the other who was standing next to Egil with a dagger in hand, turn to engage with you. Victor, Arden, still battling the serpent person outside in the main floor, you see that there are several workers from within the warehouse who are now running in terror, screaming, Oh, what is that thing? Get out of here! As they're running away from the serpent person that you guys are fighting. What do you do?
1: Arden, we got to hurry this up. Nisha found Lucius and Egil, and then I go to attack the serpent guy. All right. So I get 12 points of damage total if a 20 hits.
0: You take your longsword and you swipe it down towards the creature. It slams into his stomach and carves a chunk out of the side of his abdomen. He stumbles and drops to a knee. Arden, what do you do? I will cast a chaos bolt at him.
3: I'm going to use a sorcery point and twin spell that, so I cast it twice. Okay. So the first one is a 10. The second one's a 14 to
0: hit. The 10 will not hit. The 14 will hit.
3: Cool. It will deal 12 points of fire damage.
0: Okay. Arden, you draw forth the wild magic energies, and you focus them as best you can into a chaos bolt again as they swirl into a ball that you lob directly at the server person at point-blank range. It splits, and one of them, because it falls to its knee, streaks over its shoulder, but the other one hits it square in the face, and there is a blast of fire burning away its scales and some of the saliva dripping from its mouth. It screams in pain and terror as it crumples down to the ground. It continues to burn and sizzle for a moment as it dies. If you could, please, make me two wild magic checks for that spell. Because you did it. Twinned. I'm going to say it's like you casted
3: it twice. All right, one's a 13 and one's a 15, so...
0: Okay. No new wild magic surges. And as the serpent person dies... You guys continue to search for it to catch up with your allies. Below, Iridanza. You and Passelor look around and you see that you now are alone in the hallway. In front of you is the door. He looks to you and he says, Keep guard, I'll get this open in a short time. He moves over to the door and you see that he removes some lock-picking tools, not unlike those that you've seen Nisha use. He begins to go to work on the door. You can hear sounds of combat above. You also heard what Nisha said to Victor, that she believed she found Egil and Lucius. So you wait for a moment, and behind you, you can hear the clicking and whirring of Passlor trying to do whatever it is he's supposed to do to the door. And after a brief moment, you hear a different clicking and whirring, a telltale sign of a large locking mechanism being sprung and released. Plaslor says to you, we're in business now, and he turns the handle on the door. It pulls the door open. There is a strange stench that wafts out of the room as he opens the door. One that he doesn't have time to react to. You turn to see what's going on, and you see a green cloud of smoke slowly curling out from the inside of the chamber. He staggers and stumbles for a moment and then falls unconscious on the floor right in front of the open door. Inside, however, barely through the haze, you can see a chest upon a short pedestal. The chest is a deep, dark wood stained with some sort of dark, almost tar like substance. And upon the side of it, carved into the wood, a familiar three pronged symbol, a set of three almost tentacle like appendages out of a centered circle. This, you know, is the sign of the Brotherhood of the Yellow Sign, the Brotherhood of the Unspeakable One. This is the chest you seek. But whatever those fumes are could prove to be a problem. What do you want to do?
2: I'm going to take in a very large breath before the fumes reach me and run as fast as I can to grab that chest.
0: All right. Hirodanza, you take a deep breath where almost your lungs feel like they are burning because they are holding so much air within them and you rush into the chamber beyond towards the chest. Above, Nisha, you have your hands full in a different way. The two men who were guarding over Lucius and Egil both close in to attack you. The one swings a dagger out towards your face. Does a 17 hit you? It does. Okay. You are going to take nine points of slashing damage as he cuts across your forehead just above your left eye. Almost as if working in unison, the man who was holding the whip the cat of nine tails closes in the gap as well. And he swings it at you. He, however, is going to miss you with a 12. What do you do? So
4: I'm going to use my psychic whispers to call out to Victor and dons and let them know that I've run into some trouble and then I'm fighting off some guys. And then I'm going to try to hit the one guy that's closest to me with my psychic blade Okay. with a 16 to hit him. Oh, yeah. That'll be nine damage. Okay. And then I'll use my bonus action to hit him again. Okay. 14 to hit. Definitely will. And that will be nine more damage to him.
0: Perfect. So you take your psychic blades and you pull one out and you drive it up into the man's throat. There's a gurgling sound as he drops his dagger upon the ground. And then you let go of the psychic blade. It rematerializes in your other hand and you drive it into his eye socket. It dissipates as he falls dead to the floor. The serpent person woman, however, she gestures with her hands, throwing away the rest of her discarded half-elven guys. And she begins to gesture up around, draw her hands in. And as she does so, you see three large serpent-like ghost forms emerge out of the walls around her. They whirl and turn and hiss and snap as if they were real snakes. Oh boy. She says in a strange language, As they begin to move and gesture and start to move towards you. Victor and Arden, you get to that doorway that the others disappear behind, and you begin to make your way down the hall. And you guys come up to that L section of the hallway. You turn around the corner and you see ahead of you that there is a T section. What do you guys do? There's a T in the road. Which way, right or left? I went left. To the left, Arden, to the left.
4: Just listen for sounds for fighting.
0: Victor and Arden, you turn to the left and you see through the open door Nisha in combat with a man holding a whip. Behind her is a grotesquely decorated, bloody serpent person who is gesturing. And three large yellow snakes, made almost of shadowed smoke, dance about her. Victor, what do you do?
1: As I come in, I'm going to Eldrick Blast that guy with the wit out of the way. Go ahead and roll it. 15 to hit.
0: Uh, 15 hits. Roll that damage. Roll that juicy damage. Uh, three points of force damage. Victor, you turn the corner and you draw the blade up, and the trinket flashes with that icy blue energy. And a blast of eldritch energy flies out of it, streaking across the room and slamming into the Serpent Man with the whip.
3: Arden, what do you do? Let's see. I am going to cast Tasha's Mind Whip. Oh, snap. On the Snake Lady. Okay. So it's an intelligence save, DC 14. Okay.
0: 19. Okay, so she passes... You pull forth the wild magic energies, and you feel something different course through you. A spell that you have not really focused on before, but being a sorcerer with your wild magic origins, magic comes to you unexpectedly. There is almost like a whip that darts out through the air, unseen to everyone except for you. It seems to slash and whip through her head, and she staggers backwards despite the fact that it didn't get her as well as you would like. And you can see that she is reeling. And the three serpents that dance about the room around her dissipate and blow away as she loses concentration on her spell. Iridanza, you run through the room as the green smoke continues to billow about you. You grab onto the side of the chest. If you could, please make a strength check or an athletics check if you have proficiency in athletics, which I believe you do. I
2: do. That is a 16.
0: You pull the chest free of the pedestal, and it's much heavier than you would have anticipated, and it requires all of your strength to move it, but you manage to do so. You get back to where Paslor is lying there, unconscious on the floor, and you realize, almost with horror, that you're not going to be able to drag him and the chest at the same time. What do you do? Um,
2: I guess... I'm going to have to drop the chest and try and drag Passalore out. All right. Just drop it.
0: You drop the chest upon the ground. Again, it's heavy, and it has a bit of an impact sound as it hits, but it's not as deep as you would think of something that would be full of something. You reach down, if you could, make a athletics test again to try to drag Passalor out of here.
2: Nat one, giving me a total of seven.
0: Okay. You begin to try to pull Passelor out, but he is, even though you expected him to be heavy, he's much heavier than you anticipated. Whether it's from something with the smoke or just something with the adrenaline of the situation, your arms feel a little bit weaker than you were anticipating. You're having a hard time dragging him out. You stumble for a bit and you slip on the floor and you try to maintain your feet again. Nisha, what do you do? I'm assuming the man with the whip is within five feet of me, right? Yeah, he's right in front of you, yep.
4: All right, I'm going to attack him with my psychic blade then. Okay. Uh, 17 to hit. That'll hit. And nine damage.
0: You take the psychic blade and you form it again and you stab it up into the man's throat and he falls to the ground, dropping the whip on the floor. You turn your gaze to the spellcaster. She looks like she's barely standing. She turns to you with hatred burning in her eyes.
4: So I would like to attack again. Eight to hit her.
0: All right. And you manifest another psychic blade in that motion as the man drops. Your hand swipes to where he would have been standing. And another pink blade swings through the air and goes straight towards the woman. But much to your surprise, a yellow, almost looks like a floating shield, appears in the air in front of her. And the psychic blade shatters off the front of it as the shield then disappears. Victor.
1: I am going to charge in... And if I hit, I'm going to activate a Blade Flourish.
0: You're attacking the woman? Yeah. go ahead and roll to hit. Natural 20! Man, a lot of those tonight.
1: What, what?
3: So I'm expending Bardic
1: Inspiration, and I think I'm going to do a Defensive Flourish again. Yep. Yay, I got a critical. So that's 24 points of damage, and I will get a plus 4 to my AC.
0: All right. Victor, you move through the room in a flourished motion and you bring the sword up. You slice up through the woman as she begins to hiss and snap out at you. She starts to scream something in that strange, unnatural language that the serpent people seem to speak. But her words are cut short as you sever through her neck and her head flies off into the room's corner. Arden, in the hall,
3: what do you do? Yeah, I'm just going to enter the room and... Look upon the carnage.
0: You move into the room and you look around. You see the dead men and women. You look and you see Egel off to the side, looking quite disheveled. You see Lucius bound to a torture rack of some sort. His back a mess of blood and savagery. And Egil goes, Thank goodness you've come, friends. Thank you. Seems I'm in your dead again. <laughs> but did, did you stop them? Did you stop them at the temple before you came here?
4: At the temple? No, we haven't been to the temple since this morning.
0: His eyes fill with tears, and the color drains from his face. Oh no. I hope we're not too late. He looks up at you guys, and we were merely the bait, the distraction. Their true target is the Temple of Knowledge. (laughs) Thank you for listening to the Game Night Heroes. The tale continues another time. This was Freeport, Episode 18, Special Delivery. Please subscribe and give us a review. It helps new listeners find us and take the journey along with you and with us. We can be found on all social media at Game Night Heroes. Please be sure to follow us for updates and for new information. We can also be found at GameNightHeroes.com. The Game Night Heroes is hosted and game mastered by Kevin Stacy. Victor Reed is played by Rob Alexander. Irodonzo Orame is played by Colleen Alexander. Arden Langalar is played by Aaron Regner. Nisha Lykoania is played by Brittany Stone. The Freeport Trilogy was created and published by Chris Premis and Green Ronin Publishing. Logo design and podcast cover art for the Game Night Heroes was created by Josh K. Music is from various artists and appears from Pixabay. Please feel free to message us at Contact at Gmail. We'd love to hear from you. This has been a presentation of the game night heroes until next time. Keep dreaming your impossible dream. Hey, did you like what you just heard? Well, if so, You can also journey into the realm of Freeport by visiting greenroninstore.com. There you can find all of your Freeport needs and all of the different adventures, supplements, and rule sets that you'll need to vanquish the forces of the Far Realm in a pirate town once gone legit. Form your own adventures at greenroninstore.com. Use our affiliation code GKHERO to save on your purchase. Thanks for listening.